What's up, principals, and welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm a principal. I'm your host, and this is the podcast that is all about principals all of the time because that is just what we do. Now, I've been trying really hard to get a just diverse voices on this podcast from people that live all throughout the country, and today is a first we have an assistant principal, a brand new assistant principal that has been on the job for six weeks and works in Las Vegas, which I don't know anybody that works in Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas since my brother's bachelor party many years ago. So I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stories, but T Tika Epstein, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talk about being a teacher and administrator in fabulous Las Vegas. Yeah, no doubt. So Tika, for the people that don't know who you are, introduce yourself, where you work, what you do, just kind of give us the give us the rundown. Okay. Um, of course, my name is Tika Epstein. I'm one of two assistant principals at JT McWilliams Elementary School, and we are right in the center of Las Vegas. I'm celebrating my 26th year as an educator with the Clark County School District. And yes, this is my sixth week as an administrator amidst COVID, amidst I'm going into hybrid in two weeks. And also um, our building is being renovated. So I get to learn all of the things all rolled up in one and having a blast doing it. Yeah, that sounds like a lot going on. So we have a commonality. I too was an elementary assistant principal. Those are, I would say more rare um, around the country, most of the AP jobs are obviously middle school and high school. We had 1,200 kids K-5 at my elementary school, and it was just me and the principal. How many kids are at your school to have two assistant principals? We have um, slightly over 800 students. Um, we, um, all three of our um, administrators, our amazing principal and my partner, my assistant, my co-assistant principal and myself, we all work together. I'm more of the instructional leader. So um, I do a lot of the professional development and work in the PLCs, but it's a team effort. All three of us are always on the same page. Yeah, you're lucky. God, that's a lot of administrators. I remember there would be like three or four days that would go by sometimes when I was an assistant principal and I wouldn't see my principal. We would talk on the walkie-talkie, we would text because 1200 kids, it was I was kind of really a co-principal. You know, I'd go do my stuff and she would do her stuff and it was just an awesome place to learn. I want to know because people ask me all the time how do you become an assistant principal? I was a very hungry teacher where like, I really wanted to get that first assistant principal job. And I tried everything. I tried so many different things just to get myself in front of the people that were hiring and making those decisions. And this was about 12 years ago. So what recommendation advice would you give to other aspiring leaders to get that first leadership, that first assistant principal or principal job? What I would do, I waited um, a long time. Uh, it's like I said, it's my 26th year in education. Um, what I would recommend highly is to become an instructional coach first. If there is the opportunity to become 
I'm an instructional coach, I would do that because you have that role. It's right in the middle. You're not an evaluator, but you're there to present professional development. You're there to mentor teachers. Um, you're in and out of the classroom. You start getting used to the schedule of every day is a different day. Um, there really isn't a schedule. Um, you just go with the flow of it. Uh, I was an instructional coach um, off and on for eight years. So it, I felt like it really prepared me. The other thing that I would do is have every opportunity to work with your administration, to be a mentor, to um, shadow them as often as possible. I sat in on meetings with my mentor. She let me just come into IEP meetings, MDT meetings, behavior meetings, uh, uh, principal leadership meetings, you name it, she had me there just so that I could see what was happening in her role. Yeah, I think that last piece of advice, all of it's amazing and I agree with everything. It's just the shadowing part is so important because even if you're still in the classroom and you have a great relationship with your principal, you can learn so much. I remember when I was a teacher looking for that first assistant principal job after a meeting or something was going on, I would ask my principal, like, what happened? What did you do? What was said? I mean, because I couldn't always be in the room, in the room where it happened. That's a Hamilton song in, in the room where it happened for all the Hamilton fans mm -hmm. out there. But just getting that debrief was so important because I just, I, I logged that in my brain for knowing the future, Adam, when I would have that experience. And I would also say too, learning from the principal that you are with is so important, but if you can take a day off, go and shadow another assistant principal in your district or a different district or a principal just to see what it's like. It's super, it's super important. And to like what you said, Tika, about being an instructional coach, not all districts have instructional coaches. But literally any leadership opportunity that you can have, take it, take it. And it might not be the best, but crush it and learn from it and just do it to like the best of your ability, because you're going to show people around you that you are hungry and that you want to do the work. And you're also just going to learn from it, learn from it. People are watching and people talk, even when you don't know they are watching and they are talking. I want to go a little bit deeper with what you said about mentors. That's something that I talk to my guests a lot about on this podcast. And I know I would not be where I am without the mentors that I've, I've had in my life. A lot of people ask me, how do you find a mentor? So what advice would you give about finding a mentor, nurturing that mentor relationship, the things to do? Because Having a mentor is just like being in a relationship or being married. You got to develop it. You got to nurture it. So what has been your experience and what would be your advice to just go deeper with that for people? Well, I actually am very lucky. I have three mentors. I have two that were my administrators. And then my other mentor, I was actually her son's teacher 23 years ago. And she's an administrator 
at, in our school district. So the, the person, Tracy, who I've known for 23 years, our relationship has evolved. I was her son's teacher. Then um, she just, our, our relationship flourished. And over the years, we've met for coffee. She's given me advice. Um, we call each other all the time. She checks on me. I check on her. If I have questions, she's one of the first people that I call. Um, because I, of course, that trust is there. And we've gone through so much together that I know that if I call her, she's going to give it to me straight. She's not going to buff it. That's what I need. I need somebody, and all three of my, my mentors are like that. They don't sugarcoat anything. They tell me the way it is. If I'm wrong, they tell me I'm wrong. And then they say, okay, what can you do better next time? Uh, and that's what I need. I need somebody that will not buff it, just say, you know, let's try something different or what do you think you did or how can you do di something differently next time? My other two administrators were my administrators before I became an assistant principal and I seriously don't know what I would do without them. Um, and I give them a huge shout out because I always say one is on this shoulder and one is on my other shoulder. Whenever I'm making a decision, they're there. And then my current principal, I, I hit the jackpot. Um, she, I've never seen anything like it with everything that's going on. She always makes time for me. She's always asking me how I'm doing. She's always there to reflect with me. Uh, and I am honored. I'm so lucky. I, I knock on wood all the time. I think what you said about having a mentor that is honest with you and that won't buff it, which was your words, is so important because there's like there's a character from the Simpsons. I think his name was Mr. Burns. He was like that evil kind of guy. And he was just surrounded by these yes people. And they would say yes and yes and yes. Everybody listening, you got to have people in your life that will tell you the honest truth. I, I just can't say how important that is. I, you know, like, hey, what did you think about this? And they tell you, and maybe the response is not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear because that's going to make you a better leader, hands down. So I want to talk about being connected because we know each other, but we don't know each other. We know each other through social media and, and Twitter. And tell the people that are listening that maybe aren't as connected how important it is to be connected because for all the aspiring leaders out there, the leadership positions that you are going to have someday can be lonely. They are lonely, you know, especially when you're a principal and you're the only administrator in the building, it can be lonely. You have to be connected. So Tika, what is your elevator pitch about getting connected as an educator? I would 100% join Twitter. Twitter has changed my life. And actually, um, when I read your book, Kids Deserve It, that's how I got into Twitter. I've been um, on Twitter for two or three years now, and it's my, it's my professional development. Um, I go to district um, professional development, and I go to state professional development. But when I'm on Twitter, I learn 
so much. Um, I've connected with other people that are brand new assistant principals, instructional coaches, teachers. Um, I share so much with my current staff and my former staff from what I've learned on Twitter. I've been able to contribute to two books because of the people that um, I've met on Twitter. Uh, I, I can't wait until it's safe enough that maybe we can meet at conferences because I would love to meet you and, and other people um, at a conference because, you know, I talk it to everybody on Twitter, but it's, I need that person part of it. Um, so definitely get on Twitter, um, share. Um, there's another um, platform that's coming out called Skillspace, which is very interesting. Uh, it's a platform where you don't see people face to face, but you talk um, with people of all parts of education. So I would highly recommend trying that, but don't be afraid to jump into EduChats. Uh, EduChats are mind blowing. You learn so much from the people that are on there that you would never think you're like, whoa, I didn't think about that. Uh, and I take it and I share it with my staff and they're all excited. So my number one go-to is definitely Twitter. Yeah, I could not agree more. Twitter changed my life. And quick story, I know looking at your Twitter, you um, you interact with the elementary AP network. It's L. Uh, elementary AP Network. Um, Emily Pashal um, started that. Um, I think I might be saying your name wrong, Emily. I apologize. But quick story, she uh, she called me one day. We were talking, and she's like, "I want to start something. How do I do this?" Blah, blah. You know, I don't. How do I find these people? And I said, "Emily, you need to start your own network. You need to start your own Twitter chat. If it's not out there, start it. Be the first one." So she said. I'm doing it. And that night, the next morning, she started the elementary AP network and it's just blown up into so many different things. I mean, I see it all over, all over Twitter. I know she's got a Voxer group. I don't even know what else she has going on. She wrote a book uh, that came out last year. So a lot of people ask me, Hey, I'm this, I'm that, what do I do? And there's a lot of things out there already, but if there's not something out there, start it yourself. Cause that's really important. So you're a first year assistant principal, Tika. Are you a hard worker or are you a workaholic? <laughs> I mean, it depends on who you talk to. Um, I'm a workaholic by choice. Uh, my husband and I are both workaholics, but we understand balance as well. When our children were young, we promised that we would never miss a competition. We would never miss a race because our son was in sports, three sports at all times, and our daughter was in band. And um, we promised the kids we would never miss a practice. We would never miss a race, but we worked a lot of hours and we enjoy it. Um, and I, I do believe in work smarter, not harder. And I share that with my teachers all the time. Uh, and I try to model that with my teachers, but yeah, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I'm not going to challenge you on that one. Next time that we are in person and we meet for the first time at a conference, we will go a little bit deeper with that topic because it is a very important to me. So um, you talked about books. You mentioned kids, des kids deserve it. Thank you for the shout out. What is your favorite leadership book that really changed your life? And it could be in the education space. It could be out of the education space. I know that people that listen to this podcast, I read a lot of books that are in the business space, in the military leadership space. 
Do you have that one book that really changed your, your viewpoint on leadership or that you recommend to other leaders that they should read? Honestly, um, there's two books. Um, Jay Billy's book on um, leadership is my go-to. Um, I reread it all the time. Um, it's a great book on how being a balanced leader, um, you've got to have that fun. And your book is the same. I read that and I share that just little excerpts with um, people all the time. You have to have that fun when the kids are coming back um, in two weeks. We have recordings and we're all having fun. We're excited. We're showing them their new carpet and our new building. And, we, and we're having pizza and we want them to be excited about what's happening. And so um, those two books really spoke to me. Um, but then on the content side, I blog for Achieve the Core. And Achieve the Core has changed me as an instructional leader. Um, I read their blogs, um, I write some of their blogs, and um, just the way that they share content, I mean, you should see me on their website and then using my Common Core Companions every day. I mean, I'm constantly going back and forth between the two when I'm meeting with teachers. So those are the definitely the go-tos that I use um, every day. Well, uh, again, appreciate the shout outs for the book. I know I have so many books on my nightstand that I need to get through. Um, I read about a book a week and I need to like take, I need to take a week off and just read like 10 books to, to catch up. I, I want to talk about the, the unique challenges of being an educator, being a leader in Las Vegas. Now, um, I mean, I'll project that there are people that move in and move out. And um, I'm, I'm guessing there are many different languages, English learners potentially, but what are, you know, how do you manage and uh, support the unique challenges? I mean, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. There, there's no other place like Las Vegas. So what are the unique challenges? Because I think, I think there's more similarities with other people around the country than there are are different. I think there are a lot of things that maybe you deal with, Tika, with your families and with your student population, and maybe even trying to recruit and hire teachers. Um, what are what are some of the um, what are some of the challenges? And I think a lot of people around the country will be able to uh, to associate with those. Well, when people talk about Las Vegas, uh, a lot of people just think it's the Strip, Las Vegas Boulevard, and a little bit to the west and a little but to the east, we are the fifth largest school district in the nation. So our school district is called the Clark County School District and it's vast. So it does not just incorporate Las Vegas. We have several other small towns that it incorporates. So when you're talking about the Clark County School District, you're talking about rural areas, you're talking about um, the inner city, you're talking about the suburbs. So there's all different things. And like you said, we have literally hundreds of languages. So our school is 70% um, second language. Um, and I love that because I always tell my students, never lose your first language. Um, it is so important to be bilingual um, and to share your background of how you learned your, sec your second language and never forget your first. Um, our families work hard work really hard. They're balancing, um, you know, making sure their kids are online 
working and we're a 24 hour town. So, you know, in other cities, parents work from maybe nine to five or eight to whatever. Um, we have parents going to work at uh, maybe four o'clock in the afternoon and then getting off at midnight or, you know, something like that. My dad um, was a limousine driver for 35 years while I was in school. And so he worked swing shift. Um, and so when I got home, um, he was home for 20 minutes to a half an hour. We had a quick dinner together. He raised me um, all by himself and my sister. And um, then he would get home um, in the morning, right before I would wake up and he graded, he would look at my papers to make sure they were right. And then he would be sleeping and I would go to school. So I'm a lot like, I grew up a lot like many of our families. Um, and with um, that, there's also transiency. Our school, our school district is very transient. So they don't always move out of state. They literally move in the area. Um, that's why it's so important for us to be consistent, loving, supportive, and making sure that our families have whatever they need. You know, what would be an amazing podcast is stories from the limousine. I mean, 35 years driving the limousine. Is your father still alive, Tika? He passed away a year ago. Oh, oh my um, gosh. I'm so sorry. I lost my dad 10 years ago. I, I totally know what it's, I totally know what it's like, but I, you could write about the stories that he used to talk about, or you could talk about the stories. Cause think about 35 years driving a limousine in Las Vegas and raising two, two, uh, two kids that those would be some stories. Um, and a great way to celebrate your dad, Tika. He wrote, uh, he was a writer. And mm. so I do have um, some of his stories, but you wouldn't believe the things that um, he um, had the opportunity to be a part of. Um, and then my sister and I also had the opportunity to be a part of, we were um, volunteered. So yeah, it was pretty amazing um, to and, be uh, a yeah. driver. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what? Shout out to all the single parents out there that are raising kids. My wife um, was raised by a single mom and, uh, and uh, just, uh, just the work it takes to support and provide and care. So shout out to, uh, to all the single parents out there raising kids and uh, doing the best they can. Thank you. Um, thank you. How, how do you work with other administrators? You have another assistant principal, you have an assistant, you have a principal. I get this question a lot from, from people. They'll say, gosh, you know, my, my principal and I don't get along or they're in a high school and they have three other assistant principals and I don't like all the other leaders that I work with. And hey, that's common. You're not gonna love everybody you work with, but what are some things maybe that, that you and your principal have in place for communication or or meetings or just what what have you I, I I think a lot of people don't have structures and systems in place and I used to work with a very wise um, assistant superintendent and she said the systems that are in place take care of the problems that arise so when you do have those systems the problem gets funneled to the system mm -hmm. and it's not always perfect obviously but some of those systems take care of the problem so what do you have in place i think a lot of people can learn uh learn from that we're a team we uh 
all three of us are always on the same page. Thank God for phones. Um, because I'm in a whole different building than my um, other administrators. So we are constantly texting each other, calling each other. We'll get on a Google Meet. My principal will say, hey, in 15 minutes, get on a Google Meet um, and we'll talk. But here's the thing that I, I love the most. When we go into a classroom to observe informally, we want to be on the same page. So we all go in. Um, we might join a meet together and then one person goes into the meet. The teachers know this. We're not into the gotcha. We're into supporting our teachers. So we want to make sure that we are calibrate. We want to make sure we're on the same page. Um, we also know our strengths. You know, um, my co-assistant principal will come to me about instruction. Um, I my, my passion is all about instruction. Um, I live and breathe. Um, let standards, I live and breathe, um, getting what students need so they continue to make progress. Um, and she um, also has amazing strengths with, um, with supports for our teachers, for behavior strategies and things like that. And then our principal is the all around guru of everything. And so we go to her and again, she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She tells us what we need to know, what we need to change, but she's there to reflect with us as well. So there's that trust between the three of us and also that, um, that and it was built quickly. We've only been together for six weeks. So um, I, I just love it. It's been amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, first and foremost, communication. I believe that when there is a leadership team, spending time together outside of the building or doing 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 something that really, you know, it makes you sweat and it makes you think and it's hard. It just builds that connection. I know when I was a principal previously, I really tried to get my staff off campus. I mean, a lot of some people take their take their people to like an obstacle course where they have to work together. I think some of those simulations are really, really important because you get to experience something together that is outside of the work that you do, but you have to rely on communication and trust. And then you've had that experience together. And I think it is really going to lend itself to working together as a team. Well, Tika, uh, a big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm going to pass the microphone to you to close us out. What would you like to say to all the aspiring leaders, assistant principals, and principals that listen to this podcast? If you are aspiring to become an assistant principal, first and foremost, don't give up. It's important that if that's what you want to do with your educational career, go after it. Make sure that you find that mentor that you can trust. Make sure that you are spreading your wings into different things. And number one thing though is, you know when people say that it needs to be a good fit or a great fit with your principal, I had a hard time understanding what that was until I um, had this amazing opportunity to work at JT McWilliams Elementary. It is about the great fit. So if you know you go through a lot of interviews and you're like, I haven't gotten it yet, don't give up. It will happen. It might take a little bit, but it will happen.
and um, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time and um, just go for your dreams and always do what's best for kids. Yeah, I could not agree more. Don't give up, be patient, put yourself out there. People, you gotta put yourself out there and you, got, you gotta hustle. Tico, what is your, uh, what's your Twitter? Thanks you for the shout out to um, offering people to reach out. It's at Tika, T-I-K-A-E-E. Tika E from Las Vegas. Tika, it's been so awesome chatting with you. A brand new minted six-week-old assistant principal. You are young, but you are wise. And I know that there are amazing things out there for you and everybody else. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for everybody, all the things that you do for the kids and the teachers and the school communities that you work with every day. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.